0: super talk mississippi media production
1: hey parents jack and claire's children's boutique in oxford features the latest brands of baby and children's clothing shoes toys and accessories check out jack and claire's facebook page too jack and claire's children's boutique west jackson avenue next to belk
0: he's the former president and publisher of the sun herald and now he's on the radio Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast
1: 103.1. I hope you're having a great day and welcome to Coast View. You know, we're celebrating the men and women who made Coastal Mississippi such a special place to live, work, and play. Well, what's going on with the white weather, Kyle? It is on its way out of here. Thank be good goodness. by noon. Two days in a row. Noonish. It's still yeah. gonna be
0: cloudy today, but it's not gonna rain and it'll get a little bit cooler.
1: That's awesome, man. You you know, I've said this over and over, but Kyle's an amazing producer. He's he's the best guy a guy like me could ask for. So thanks for your support, buddy. You got it. I also want to thank you, our listeners. You you've really you're the reason that I do this. I, I want you to enjoy this show, that's for sure, but I really want you to be inspired. Hopefully you can learn some things that will help improve your your life and help you reach, you know, the higher goals in your life, but also I hope it helps you make your mark in coastal Mississippi because we live in one of the most special places on earth. That, there's no doubt about that. As my friend George Schlogel said, we live in paradise. Um, this has been a great week. It's been a special week, actually. I had Dean and Tim Holloman on on Monday, and we talked about the a wonderful legacy that their father, uh, Boyce Holloman, left. On Tuesday, we had author and publisher Dorothy Wilson her message to women is important and inspiring. And then yesterday, I had a very touching and at times hilarious conversation with uh, Shorty Sneed. If you missed those conversations, go to your favorite p- podcast platform. Go to, to uh, Super Talk Gov Coast Facebook page or to the Super Talk Mississippi YouTube page. You'll be glad you did. And please share the videos with your friends, they'll appreciate you for that. Tomorrow, I have Dickie Scruggs. He was one of the most prominent trial lawyers in the world. He, uh, his world changed forever when he pleaded guilty to attempting to bribe a judge in 2009, and he went to jail for six years. Tomorrow, we will talk about his road to redemption. It should be a fascinating conversation. Please join us. Today, we're going to have a walk down memory lane. Uh, we're going to talk about the old days on the west side of Gupport, but we're also going to talk about the emergence of Gupport as a business hub. And the explosion of casinos across coastal mississippi it's going to be a little bit of history and a lot about the commercial real estate evolution here in in coastal mississippi someone had to put those land deals together um and that that that, where most of the coast casinos are located now in most of those cases it required someone that is called a, a person who land assembles land and lenny sawyer was that person uh to be clear Land assembly is a very challenging process. Uh, It often requires a lot of creativity, uh, significant negotiation skills, and at times, masterful problem-solving ability. Uh, When you put it all together, Lenny got really good at it. In fact, he got so good at it, he carved a a niche out for himself that has uh, enabled him to to go literally across the United States using those skills. So without any further ado, I want to welcome my friend Lenny Sawyer to the Super Talk and Coast View Studio.
2: Thank you so much for having me, and I appreciate you and your staff. You all put on a great program.
1: Thanks, Lenny. I, I appreciate it. It's It's been, as I've said to all our guests, it's been a very inspiring process to me, and I hope the listeners enjoy it as well. You know, I had Shorty on yesterday. You had that chance to, to I, see him.
2: He is. just He was great. He really was. He I was
1: great program. I was so pleased that he was willing to talk about um, his and Patty's um, challenges with, with Laurie and the inspiration she was and you know now that you know god rest her soul, her inspiration is still alive and well today and what a what an important story for someone who's facing adversity to hear the way she the way she rose from that and found her independence and her her life and was happy about it and man what a what a special story
2: wonderful wonderful family and you know jack thompson was part of that family and i i tell you he he meant a lot to me and my family.
1: Lenny said yeah. when he got off the air, he said, "Man, I wish I'd have mentioned Jack Thompson's name and what he meant to me."
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I tell you, Jack was—he uh, was a good businessman and and a hard businessman. But uh, he enjoyed uh, being around everybody. In fact, he used to snow ski with all of us up mm-hmm. in Colorado every year. We'd go up once a year.
1: Mm-hmm. It was an interesting story. about t- tell him about getting yeah. up early
2: well i'm i'm an early riser and when i go up to colorado i'd get up before everybody we'd have you know 10 or 12 men and i would go to the bakery and pick up uh, the baked goods and bring them back to the condo and and then i would go elk hunting and what i meant by that is the elk would come down the mountain in early early in the morning and feed on the grass Mm -hmm. that was down the lower area and I enjoyed seeing those big animals. They're just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling you know, Jack Thompson about it. He said, well, I'm going to get up in the morning, and I'm going to go with you. <laughs> and I said, well, Jack, you just get ready now. It's going to be early, about 4 or 4.30. He said, you just come knock on my door. I'll be ready. <laughs> so about 4.30, I went The door was just a little bit open. I pushed it open and said, Jack, are you awake? (laughs) And he ripped the covers back, and he was fully dressed, and he was ready Ready to go go. elk hunting. (laughs) Well,
1: Stuart Sneed Hughes started in 1905, and and your company started in
2: 1901. Right. P.H. White on 14th Street. He had a a real estate company, and my grandfather, Roy Anderson, came down sometime in the teens or 20s after he got out of college at bowling green business Mm -hmm. school Mm -hmm. and went to work for mr white in Mm -hmm. real estate Mm
1: -hmm. wow that's interesting well i I was mentioning to you we were talking um, uh, you had the opportunity to serve on the port commission and i was telling you about a time that that and a few of us went up to north carolina to meet with a guy named michael gallus he's a he's a planner Mm -hmm. and the first thing he did when he looked at the map is he said Okay, wait. You got a port, and then he looked at rail, and he looked at highway system. He says, "Man, you guys got a lot to work with here. You're on the coast, and you got this beautiful port. Um, the port is really important to the coast, isn't it?"
2: It is is so important, and that's what brought my grandfather. He used to, he and his father and brothers used to bring vegetables from Purvis, Mississippi, and sell them to the ships that were at the port.
1: Wow, and uh, and he settled there.
2: Yeah, that's right. He came back after college, and he loved the Gulf and wanted to be on the water.
1: So that was uh, that was Roy Anderson, senior. Senior, uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the rest is history with his family in the construction business. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I have Roy coming on in a few weeks. I look forward to having that conversation. So what was life like growing up in West Gulfport?
2: Well, it was fantastic. <clears throat> when school would get out uh, sometime uh, at the end of May, the shoes would disappear, and we'd all be barefooted. And uh, we had a, we had a neighborhood full of boys. I mm-hmm. mean, George Slogo, Bird Adams, mm-hmm. Johnny Adams, Buddy Phillips, mm-hmm. Doug Medley, Tim Medley, the Andre boys. Mm-hmm. You know, famous sailors <laughs> uh-huh. in history mm-hmm. on the coast. I mean, uh, David uh, had sailed across the Atlantic and sailed wow. in several Olympic deals. Who was the America. ringleader? George Slogel, <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh Lord, y'all had a y'all had a gang. We had a gang, we really did. <laughs> so tell me more about uh, about Gulfport during those days.
2: Well, it it was like any. My mother and dad were, and my grandfather. We grew up right across the street from my grandfather and grandmother, <laughs> Roy Anderson, and uh, mother and daddy both worked in real estate. It was just the, my grandfather and the two of them, and uh, they. Primarily, did a lot of of residential and some commercial downtown where they managed buildings. Mm-hmm. And back there, back then, Ricky, we didn't have computers and all that. We had these old typewriters, you know, mm-hmm. and we had to do rental statements. And I started as as early as thirteen. Started, used to go down on Saturday and help mom do all the rental statements at the end of the month.
1: I'll be darned.
2: Yep sent them out to the owners. You know, we'd mail them.
1: Who were some of the families that were established in downtown Gufford at that time?
2: Well, of course, the Salome family. Mm-hmm. I always remember Mr. Joe Salome, uh, especially when he'd get close to school starting, and I hated to hear that, but <laughs> you know, when school would start, he would make his rounds, and he'd come in and say to my mother, Annie Jane, he'd say, Annie Jane, school's getting ready to start. Now, you get those boys and bring them on in there, and let's dress them up for school. And Mother say, oh, Mrs. Sloan, right now I just don't have the money. Said, don't worry about that. You just come on in and pay me when you can. Oh, those and, are the good old days. They were wonderful.
1: <laughs> you met some interesting characters when you were growing up. Tell me about that.
2: Well, uh, where our office was, it was kind of uh, catty cornered from the old Commodore restaurant and uh, Jones Brothers Drugstore and the Central Barbershop. And on the corner, there was a man that used to make a living loaning people money for jewelry. He would have a suit on, and you'd come up, and you'd say, Mutt, do you have a watch for sale? And he'd open his coat, and on this side, he had all these watches, and really? over here, earrings and all the bracelets.
1: <laughs> that is so interesting. That is so really? interesting. I know there are there are a lot of other uh, interesting stories, but we're coming to an end of this segment but we've got Lenny Sawyer uh, here with us. Um, he has a great historical perspective on the city uh, of Gulfport and the coast, and the the impact his family has had here. When we come back, we're gonna. F- I, I want to continue the conversation. Talk about the De- you know the Dewey D'Angelo Bar and yeah. and all of that, and then uh, we'll shift gears and begin to talk about the the emergence of casinos and what that really did to your business and what that meant for the coast. So we'll be back with Lenny Sawyer right after this break.
0: of Coast View on your laptop, desktop or on your phone or tablet by going to SuperTalkMSGulfcoast.com. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on SuperTalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back. We're having a wonderful conversation with Lenny Sawyer who um it's a, it's a little bit of histor- history, it's a little bit about the commercial evolution here in coastal Mississippi. But where we were when we went to break is we were talking about the, the, the old days in Gulfport and what that was like. Uh, Lenny's got such a good memory as it relates to all that. So let's continue that. Cause I want people to get a sense of the families that were there and what they were all about and how important they were. And many of those families are still here today. So uh,
2: oh, that's right.
1: Talk, talk about that.
2: Well, you you know, on the, where, where our office was on the corner, uh, the caddy, corner of 26th and 14th Street was Jones Brothers, which was a, a, a major drugstore along with a Triple a Day on the next corner. Well, next to mm-hmm. Jones Brothers was the Commodore Restaurant, and that's where the Chamber of Commerce, the Junior Chamber of Commerce met. Rotary, I believe, even met there at one time. And people would go over, and I would go with my dad or my grandfather. They'd always stop like at 10 o'clock and have coffee every morning. We'd go over and that's the first time I saw some of those old timers drink coffee out of a saucer.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
2: they would take their cup and pour a little in the saucer to cool it and (laughs) roll it around, you know, and blow across it to cool it. Then they would drink their coffee.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's so interesting. So H&H Hotel, the Commodore Restaurant. All
2: of that and then you had uh, and then I had the pleasure and honor to be able to work for Jim Day and uh, Bill Triplett at Triplett Day as their delivery boy. When I turned 15, I got my driver's license, and that's where I really learned Gulfport, Biloxi, and Long Beach. Wow. Uh, delivering drugs to people. Yeah, I,
1: I delivered drugs for French's drugstore at one point. Did
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> well, you know how you can... you. Overnight, you find out where everything is. You do.
1: You meet a lot of really good people, too. You That's, a, that's one of the – that and having a paper route, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so anything else you want to talk about as it relates to the to the old guff work?
2: Well, old guff is you, you got to talk about Anderson Menswear. And after I got a little bit older, Mr. Tom Anderson invited me to join them as a salesman. And I sold clothes at Anderson Menswear for a couple of years, even while I went – perkinson junior college they Mm -hmm. had a bus that you could ride up to perk and in the evening you'd ride back and uh it that that was so great to have that and i made some money and bought a 54 ford
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's great okay so we're going to come back to guffport um in the next segment as it relates to sort of where is guffport today the impact of the aquarium what's happening at the markham these days all of that. But you got a call in 1989 from a guy named Don Tyner. Right. Let's, let's, let's walk through this incredible conversation.
2: Well, Don was uh, a developer from uh, Deadwood, actually Spearfish. And uh, he had put together several casinos when it became legal. It was limited gaming. And what, what I mean by that, these uh, <clears throat> casinos maybe didn't have but two or 3,000 square feet and they were only allowed to have so many slot machines, so many uh, table games. And uh, when Mississippi started talking during uh, Ray Mavis's term, mm-hmm. uh, and Tommy Galat was a tremendous help in that, uh, he contacted me through some people at the courthouse about he'd like to come down and meet me and talk about assembling some land for some casinos he represented. And so he showed up, and we started assembling for a couple of years during the election of Game in. And if you remember, Harrison County lost the first court
1: Right, right. Hancock County. Han- approved it.
2: Hancock County, mm-hmm. and we had put together Casino Magic over there.
1: And you met Marlon through Don Tyner, right? Through
2: Don Tyner, mm-hmm. who he put his casino up in Deadwood mm-hmm. uh, together. You met
1: some other interesting people in Deadwood as well.
2: I sure did. Tell, tell about that. Well, First time we went to Deadwood, it was in October, the end of October, and it was just beginning to snow. If you've ever been up there, and this is just a little mountain town, and it's just absolutely the drop-off place of the world. I mean, right. it just—it's hard to get to, <laughs> but it's a beautiful place. It, beautiful place now. Yeah. They yeah. really fixed yeah. it up. So we were going to go in and meet a guy named Costner. And so we went into this, I believe it was Saloon 10 was the name of it, and we met Mr. Costner and his brother. He said wasn't going to be able to make it that day because he was doing a movie. And when I came home and told my wife that I had met Kevin Costner doing the movie Dancing with the Wolves, <laughs> wow. she couldn't believe it.
1: But what and, What an interesting time. And he
2: hired don tyner and myself to go to colorado because they were going to legal, legalize gaming in colorado and we went up and worked central city black hawk and uh those towns uh, putting land in cripple creek colorado mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> in fact uh we spent quite a better time there so you
1: literally cut your teeth there that, right that was sort of the predicate
2: that was the first first go and Mm -hmm. we were up there trying to get locations not only for the Costner family but for Marlin. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we, Lau Berman, who started Grand Casino, Mm -hmm. was snooping around there too.
1: How'd you meet him?
2: Well, I met him down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast Mm -hmm. through uh, one of his uh, employees, Ken Bremer, who was kind of like at that time uh, was the CFO and. He was helping Marlin assemble an organization, and they put together a great team.
1: So real quickly, Lenny, lots of different conversations and relationships started to develop. They it's, did. It's a, it's amazing. What what are some of the other pieces of that that, that were evolving at the same time?
2: Well, uh, what happened overnight, and uh, we got out and <clears throat> got these properties put together, <clears throat> Harrison County, of course, lost, and – I was able to convince the landowners where I had property listed to hang in there because they had hired a a lady that does elections to come in and try to spearhead getting Harrison County approved, Mm -hmm. and her name was Nancy Todd. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Nancy came down, and she put a great group together, and it happened.
1: Yeah, the conversation with Rick Carter and Terry Green – did a really good job from their perspective of like watching the steps along the way and you know the pride of Mississippi and the role that it played and how the Europa and Biloxi inspired them. Yeah, they, they say that there's one conversation they had when Terry said we need to we gotta look into to our, um, slot machines mm-hmm. and it literally opened up this conversation that led them to Biloxi to take a look at that. And one thing led to another. And Rick says today. I hate to think; it scares me to death that we had not had that conversation.
2: That's right.
1: But a lot of things were happening. It was early in the process, but 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 the first one you actually did was Casino Magic.
2: Casino Magic, and also uh, over in uh Palo Capri mm-hmm. in Biloxi. started
1: putting together the land putting together.
2: together the land, and we went up to uh, Davenport, and uh, we brought two big. Uh, casinos up there, down to the coast. Mm-hmm. Once it got approved,
1: so t- talk us through what is, you know. I mentioned it takes creativity and problem solving and all of that, but what is what does it take to pull off the assemblance of land?
2: Well, <clears throat> what you've got to do is you uh, be upfront with folks and let them know their property has now got a gaming overlay. This is what I did in Missouri when I did a project up there is that you've got to be open and tell them that you represent a casino company and they would like to put a big casino in your property. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same thing with some guys from uh, down in the islands that came up, uh, uh, Ken, uh, not Ken, but uh, Bobby Borgia Mm -hmm. and Brian Bolas. Mm -hmm. And they were really some of the front, First Frontier people in Biloxi, and I met them up in Tunica because, you know, Tunica was legal, mm-hmm. and the Splash, do you remember the Splash being up sure there? Sure do, yeah. And they had a, the Splash was unbelievable. I was not involved in that land deal, but I was in a way involved with the Splash boat that they brought down from Cincinnati.
1: So how did you keep up with everything at that time?
2: Oh, it was just I was on the road constantly, and my wife would remind me, Every once in a while, we got some bills we need to pay. (laughs) (laughs) So that would keep you going.
1: It was the Wild West.
2: Oh, it was it was unbelievable what was going on, and we'd have you know at one time we'd have maybe ten or twelve investors from New York that would call, and I'd rent Mm -hmm. a bus and we would take them on a tour of these proposed casino sites, and these are the people that loan money to people like Marlin and. Lau Berman uh, Mm -hmm. and the folks up with the splash up in Tunica, Mm -hmm. and uh, they were, they just couldn't believe, they just couldn't believe that we were going to build a half a billion or a billion dollar casino down here on the water.
1: When you watch that evolution um, from Boat to then Casino Magic and Al Capri, and then when Lau Berman uh, built the Grand Casino. I don't think anyone imagined when the bill was passed to allow dockside gaming that you'd bring in two barges, each the size literally of a football field, and build a five-story building on top of it. I mean, it just took it to a whole new level. So let's do this, Lenny. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation, and um, and then we'll move shift gears and start to talk a little bit more about the commercial evolution that came as a result of the, the gaming. <clears throat> and then what's next for Gulfport? Because that's you know near and dear to your heart. Um, but we'll be back right after right after this break with Lenny Sawyer. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of The Sun-Herald. And now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back, and uh, thank you for listening to Coast View. We've had Lenny Sawyer today. We've had this wonderful conversation about the history of Gulfport and the advent of casino gaming and in the incredible number of projects that he was involved in, not just locally, but in, but in other gambling jurisdictions as well. Um, Before we actually get into your story as it relates to these other gaming jurisdictions, tell us about the Lady Luck story.
2: Well, Andy Tompkins was the owner of Lady Luck, and uh, Andy called me one day and asked me if I would fly to Las Vegas and meet he and his son. And uh, so I flew and came in on a Sunday night and uh, met Andy, and he commissioned me to go to uh, Natchez. And we did a casino there Mm -hmm. where we assembled the land at the bottom of the hill. Mm -hmm. And I represented Andy and Lady Luck in that, not the landowner, in that transaction. But Andy was really a character. And he followed uh, when Harrison County became legal. Remember, he built the one in Biloxi. Yeah, with the fire-breathing dragon. That's right. (laughs) That was something. But Andy uh, eventually got out of the business and retired. His health got to him, and he retired and moved to Hawaii, and he and his wife, mm-hmm. and he had married a lady uh, from Europe, and, uh, in fact, from England. She wanted to uh, live on the island, so mm-hmm. he bought her a beautiful place, and they moved out there. I
1: remember he he used to call me at the Sun Herald. He he would read Sun Herald stories. Yeah. and paid attention. He was real involved in the operation.
2: Andy wouldn't sleep but probably two <clears throat> or three hours a night. He was just a little thin guy, but he just was working all the time. Never stopped. Never stopped. In fact, one time when I was out there, uh, I told him, I said, "You know, Andy, I'm beginning to really like this mm-hmm. business." He said, I I might want to be an investor with you sometime. He said, okay, Lenny, uh, this weekend you're going to run Lady Luck in downtown Nevada. And he said, now, Sunday morning, I want you to get up, and Mr. Henry has lost his house and you on the crap table. and I want you to go tell Miss Henry she has to get out of the house.
1: <laughs> oh my! I goodness. said no, that's not me. No, no. You <laughs> met you met Ralph Engelstad along yeah, the way.
2: Yeah, I met him when I had an office with Station Casino out in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and he had invited. In fact, I ran into Terry uh, at Green and. Rick Carter mm-hmm. at the same party out there. Really, yeah. small world. It it really is in Las Vegas. And
1: they were there, I assume with Cy Red. Cy Red, yeah, they, the guy they, who
2: founded IGT.
1: They have a, a wonderful story to tell about about their association with Cy and what he meant to them. And oh,
2: he 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 helped a lot of people, and a lot of people didn't know it. But I'm pretty sure Cy grew up in a Philadelphia, Mississippi. He
1: did. He he did live in Mississippi, and. That's one of the reasons why he was so interested in the Mississippi Coast.
2: And became a billionaire.
1: Listen, he read, Rick and them, when they had a when they had the, the, the deal with the this is early in the process, had to deal with the Port of Gulfport, a, a reporter did a very small story about local guys going to do this, and Terry says that's one of the most important things that contributed to their success, because that's how Si Red learned of them. He read the yeah. story. He called them up. They didn't even know who he was. Right. Rick actually had to call him back and apologize for not knowing who he was. And then the next morning they flew out to Las Vegas. It's just a great story. Uh-huh. Um, so you, uh, you, you were involved in all of these, but then you got involved in station casinos at a, in a much bigger way. What was that? I, yeah, about?
2: They, they approached me about becoming <clears throat> and handling all of their acquisitions of uh, gaming outside of Las Vegas. And so uh, the first one that we did was in St. Charles, Missouri, right outside of St. Louis, and we mm-hmm. built, assembled land, helped them with that because it already started, and we got that project up going, and that was about $800 million development. Wow, huge. And then we went over to Randolph, which is across the river from uh, Kansas City, and we built uh, Stations Casino there, and uh, that was just on 200 acres Mm -hmm. that we put together and in fact i was a partner with them had to get a gaming license in missouri uh for about five years and Mm -hmm. then they bought me out so when did it occur to you that you had developed this knack for assembling land i really enjoy doing this you Mm -hmm. know in real estate meeting people and being upfront and honest with them and telling them what we're doing Mm -hmm. uh you know and then Everybody wants to know what their property's worth.
1: Okay, of course. And yeah, so yeah.
2: it's just a matter of getting two parties together at the right price.
1: So let's come back to the coast. Casinos are exploding. You're involved in 90% of them. I don't know. You you assembled the land for, from, for most of them that we know today. What happened to the other parts of commercial real estate, and even residential to that extent, once the casinos got up and running? How did it change the real estate market?
2: Well... We mm-hmm. we saw land values skyrocket, especially close to the casinos. But we also some, saw something else, Ricky. We saw a lot of residential values mm-hmm. going up because overnight we had some twenty thousand new jobs, twenty thousand new jobs with mm-hmm. in all of these casinos. Mm-hmm. And of course, Katrina hurt us, but that that really brought up the market at least. 20 25% in value.
1: My goodness, uh, that's incredible. And then you got involved in doing shopping center development. And you know, well, I yeah.
2: actually was doing that before gaming. Mm-hmm. I got to a great ride with a developer out of uh, Georgia, and we did uh, a bunch of Winn Dixie TGNY uh, type catch and bets off centers mm-hmm. around the country where I assembled the land. So I had knowledge of doing that, but what really put me on the map doing that was Waple House. (laughs) I got the pleasure of meeting Joe Rogers Sr., the daddy who really founded, he and Mr. Faulkner founded, and I did the ones on the coast. And he would call and say, Lenny, uh, meet me at 2 o'clock on the corner of Camp Avenue and Highway 90 in West Guffport," and he and I would sit out there and count cars at that time of the morning and he had a knack of knowing if that was a good location or not with the hospital and the cb base that they were great and that
1: hey listen the new waffle house in biloxi on the beach yeah it's got so much attention and we we had a i I go to saint michael's uh, church and we had a traveling priest came through and uh, just he was terrific but anyway he said my goodness I've never been to a waffle house like that before. You know, you have to wait to, to be seated. It,
2: I mean, it's the talk of the country.
1: Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. It's just incredible. I mean, yeah. what a what a beautiful place and what vision! What vision to create that? Uh, so you got involved in Crossroads, right? What was that all about?
2: Well, uh, we, uh, one of my agents, Rita Sadler, assembled the property with a school board, Harrison County School Board, 16th section board. land, 16th right? section yeah. land. Mm-hmm. And that was quite a job. That was really, I think, the number one uh, shopping center site-owned school land where the schools got the income in a lease. Mm -hmm. And so Harrison County gets a nice chunk of money from the developer. That was the Hunt family in uh, Texas that put that together.
1: There's actually, at that intersection, on both sides of 49, right, there's a lot of 16th section land there. There is, so that whole area being commercialized has been been a good thing for the Harrison school thing system.
2: Wonderful for the schools; it really is. So,
1: what other major projects like that have you been involved in since? Well, oh,
2: yeah. uh, I also did Kmart shopping centers mm-hmm. locations uh, for a developer in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and uh, we did the ones that were on the coast here. And uh, I had I did two uh, Walmart centers, one here at I Ten Forty Nine and one for um, down in Biloxi on Pass Road, the original.
1: So what's next for Guthport?
2: All right. What I think we're going to start seeing, <clears throat> and early on in the in our interview, we were talking about the port. I think the port is at the right time, if we could get more access to the port, and if we, somehow another, could build this port connector road. I've had a lot of, being on the Port Authority, I had a lot of the tenants tell me, if we could ever get that port connector road, it would mean so much to get our cargo in and out. And to
1: be clear, specifically what we're talking about is the ability to connect the port to I-10.
2: I-10 or going north up 49. Mm -hmm. So um, that could be a game changer. That could be a big game changer. In fact, Mr. Crowley, who owns Crowley, told me that one time when he was here visiting. He said... Lenny, if that port connector road gets in here, you'll have a lot more cargo coming into your port.
1: So do you you you're bullish on the future of the port.
2: I really am. I think uh, our our commission that we have and our port director is just doing a great job.
1: Well, that's good. And and as you said I me, mean, it was important strategically to the city of Gulfport in the very beginning. Right. It's going to be important going forward. Uh, the conversation with Ashley Edwards, as we talked about the creative class and what the opportunities are as uh, as people want to live near the city that they work in as opposed to out into the rural areas the opportunities for Gulfport going forward are, are tremendous
2: ricky these uh, mega uh carriers are going to come into houston and when they do they're going to push some of the small carriers out and we're going to pick that business up uh,
1: we're strategically so well placed place we uh, between are. tampa and houston and our access to the, the golf and it should be a, a good ride for Gulf Point. It's just, I think people get frustrated because it takes so long to evolve, but that's just the it's reality just of the gotta, business. you got to have patience. The reality of the business. Um, okay, so we're going to come back after this break and uh, Lenny's got a better half supported him through this whole process who, who, who i could have a show with Erlene. so that's right we're gonna could. we're gonna come back to uh your family and 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 how they supported you right after this break so we have lenny sawyer see you in just a second
0: This Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: And welcome back. We've got Lenny Sawyer here, and we've had just a fascinating conversation about the evolution of Gulfport and gaming. And uh, before we get too far from commercial development, let's talk real quick about the Markham and the Aquarium. What's, what's the status of the Markham, and what's your thoughts on the
2: Aquarium? Well, the Markham is directly across the street, south across the street from my office, and it is really starting to shape up on the exterior. Uh, you can, if you ride by there, you can see inside where they've already got the aluminum stud walls up, and they're putting windows in now, and they're uh, <clears throat> doing this facade work where they had damage in Katrina. It is really starting to look nice, and I'm so happy because we got a big investment in our building, and I knew one day somebody's going to come along and do that. And I just, it's going to be great for Gulfport. You had
1: to sit and watch that vacant building f- deteriorate for so long. I, and finally, I, finally, it's going to, and it's going to be so important to downtown Guthorn. I can't, that be, can't be overstated.
2: That's right. And the aquarium is right next door. Mm-hmm. And Ricky, the aquarium, when that opens and we have all those folks, it is going to be awesome. Unbelievable for Gutport. It
1: spurred pretty significant interest in downtown Gutport, hasn't it? It
2: really has. And not just for <clears throat> Gutport, for the whole coast, because it's going to, word's going to get out and get around, and it'll have its peaks and valleys, just like everything else, but it's not going to go anywhere. I mean, they've spent Probably close to a hundred million and that's not going to go anywhere
1: well the thing is after Katrina I had the opportunity to be involved in the tourism recovery part that was the chairman of the tourism effort and we you know there are a lot of pieces you have to have convention space you have to have um, uh, hotel rooms you got to have the airport but you have to have amenities and the amenities this is an incredibly important dimension in the amenity offering for for the Gulf Coast we don't have much time left so I want to make sure that we speak to your partner in crime. Oh, yeah. So tell about Arlene.
2: Okay. Well, um, Arlene and I have been married now 54 years, and I stole her from the point in Biloxi. She was a Kronosich. I, I married a Bohanovich. Yeah, that's right.
1: I did that too. We
2: what? were so lucky. We, we were, were lucky.
1: And very When lucky. I was
2: running all over the country for seven or eight years, uh, Arlene and my brother Andy and my sister Jane Ann and were there and all my salespeople and staff, Susan, who's been with me for forty something years, and doing our bookkeeping and property management. Uh, they were there keeping this company that goes back to nineteen oh one going, and I would not be where I am today if it hadn't. If I hadn't turned on Third Street and <laughs> Oak, Oak Street and Third. <laughs>
1: well, Oak Street, yep. dude, we we have a lot in common. But yeah. here's the thing. There are these moments in people's lives that change them forever, and frankly, and Anne, my wife, made me who I am today. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I that was the luckiest Arlene, day of same, my life. Same, luckiest day, day of my life. Um, but so coming back to when we were talking about assembling land, you have to be creative, you have to be a good negotiator. You know, one of the things that's said in this article I read about that is you have to have a strong team around you.
2: Yeah, no, you do. You the team
1: to, is critical.
2: Absolutely. I don't care. Especially in the real estate industry, you have to have support,
1: and you've got that
2: oh, I do I've got a a daughter, Sandy, now in there working with us full time and my son Lenny is with Hancock Bank, you know he used to be there jet pilot. But <laughs> he's now working with John Harrison and learning the banking business. we are so proud of I've him. I've gotten to
1: know him really well because John and I have you know we're we're friends, and John's been on the show, and lenny's such a great support for him
2: he he's a great support for our office, too?
1: When I didn't have your number, I, I reached out to Lenny.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's done,
1: I'd be proud too. He's 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 a fine young man. He's done. Right. He's done. He's done so well. Um, so as you look back on on all the work that you've done, how do you want to be remembered? What's your legacy?
2: Well, I, my legacy is you know at this point in my life, at seventy six, I really don't want to quit. I'd like to just keep on going. I've had so much fun. I'm telling you, Ricky, it's been a great life. Yeah, I know. And I'm so yeah. happy that I didn't wind up living in Las Vegas that I came back here. You know?
1: <laughs> Hey, the other thing that Lenny did, uh, if, I, if I read the story right, Lenny actually, uh, his going to Ole Miss right. created a lot of interest for you and Arlene around the business school at Ole Miss. I know other grandchildren have gone there as well, but, but it was Lenny's going there that created – ultimately an endowment that you you guys Erlene
2: and i have yeah. a business in real estate mm-hmm. in the business school there and we have our first student uh under our deal and we get ready to go up in the spring and meet that person
1: isn't that special yeah that's so special i i almost, i had a scholarship offered to old miss and i went up there and visited and i ended up going to southern miss but I've always I've always liked Ole Miss, and right. my son Jordan went to Ole Miss Law School, so mm-hmm. you know we have some Ole Miss in our family now. But um, Lenny, it's been a pleasure talking oh, to you this morning.
2: Thank y'all so much, and your staff. I appreciate what y'all have done for me. Kyle's good. He is that
1: the team. The team here is great. Um, I, I told you. You know, you met Jesse this morning. Right. You know, Kenny Vest is incredible. Uh, just a great support staff here. I wouldn't have done it. I wanted to come meet these people before. Uh, I did this. Everything had to be right for me to to come off of retirement to do this show. But it's been a real blessing. It has been. Not just the team I'm working with, but the opportunity to sit and talk to people like you.
2: Thank you, Ricky, so much.
1: You're you're welcome. So, anyway, tomorrow, as I said, we have Dickie Scruggs. You want to tune in tomorrow. It's going to be a very important and special conversation. Until then, have a great day.
0: On demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to SuperTalkMSGolfCoast.com. A SuperTalk Mississippi Media Production.